Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day to day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On this episode of the me-suite, we are going to be talking to someone who has had a me-suite mindset, I believe, her entire life. It's just in her DNA It's someone who uses her brain every day, leading with her heart. Her name is Sarah Glass. Sarah is currently a senior director at the World Wildlife Fund and works with the business community there to drive positive environmental change. She had previously held a position at USAID. It's the leading government agency for international development and disaster assistance. Uh, During her tenure there, she was working on the Ebola outbreak in West Africa, for example. She has an MBA from UVA. She's lived in Haiti, Mozambique, and India, um, although as a U.S. citizen. She is currently a senior associate with the think tank called the Center for Strategic and International Studies, and it's a group of senior experts and policymakers that she contributes as an advisor. She, earlier in her career, spent time supporting the Ronald McDonald House, which many of you know is an organization to support the families and the children of seriously ill children. I think of Jack Nicholson in the movie A Few Good Men, and he's in the scene where he says, you want me on that wall, you need me on that wall. And that's how I feel about Sarah using her brain and leading with her heart every single day. We all need Sarah on that wall. Welcome, Sarah Glass. (laughs) Thanks, Donna. Uh, That's really kind of you. And I'm just really happy to be here for this conversation. I'm excited about what you're doing with the MeSuite approach. I can't wait to hear your core values. Can you share those with the listeners? Sure. This was a really fun question to think about, and I'm sure that everybody says that. But I landed with a focus on empathy, learning, and optimism. And it was really fun for me as I thought about the question to think about whether or not our core values change and evolve over time, given our current realities, or whether they're exactly that core and always with us. I landed on the conclusion that I think our lives are complex and multifaceted. Mm -hmm. And I need more than just three core values in my life, that I need that sort of same level of complexity and multifacetedness in my values. So I'm sure that I have sort of 15 or more core values that I live with subconsciously in my brain and in my heart on a day-to-day basis. And that the ones that I'm focused on in any given moment have evolved based on what I've learned and what I most need in my current reality. Mm -hmm. But when I think about how I came to focus on the three I picked today... Uh, I'd probably work backwards and thinking about how they came to be important to me. So by nature, uh, I've always been an optimistic person. I think there's value in envisioning what could be better and believing that it's possible to make it so. And I've always loved learning too Mm -hmm. in different formats and on different topics. But I think that over time, I've come to appreciate the value of not just the knowledge gained, but also the value of the learning process itself. Uh. I think there's 
there's something really powerful about being intentionally open to and seeking of new experiences and new perspectives and greater understanding. But yeah, I think empathy, um, which is the one I mentioned first, is probably the core value that took me the longest to come to in my life maybe led there by learning and, uh, and optimism. Wow. I'm shocked to hear you say that. Say more. Well, I just, um, I, for me today, I think it's the most important of the uh-huh. three. But I also think it's the one that having intentional focus on uh. is potentially the hardest. Yeah. And I, I think over time, I have come to a place that I just really believe that stopping for a moment and trying to better understand how someone else feels mm-hmm. uh, and how our actions have the potential to impact those feelings either today or in the future almost always makes for better friends and family members from a life standpoint and also for better business leaders and community members. And I think I've realized that when I look at the leaders that I admire, many of them really exhibit empathy in their day-to-day leadership actions, both in my sort of life and in my community and, mm-hmm. uh, and business. So I think it it just has taken me the longest to appreciate that value, I think, yeah, and be intentionally focused on it. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing how you had to really think through it because I always would have thought of you as a person who had empathy coming out of the womb. And I have had listeners ask questions of how do I really land these core values and do they evolve over time or are they always with you? So I appreciate you giving us a little peek into your thought process. I think that that's going to help a lot of people. I invited you to the Me Suite because I believe what I said in my intro that you use your brain and lead with your heart. I have always seen you as somebody who really knows how you want to show up in the world and you seem to look for opportunities to add value. And now that I hear your core values, it makes perfect sense to me. Could you share with us a little bit about how your knowledge of who you are and how you want to show up is helping shape the decisions that you are making at work or in your personal life? Yeah, I am lucky in that I I do really love my job. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that that is a privilege. Mm. uh, And it's something that I'm really grateful for in my life. Um, And one of the conversations that we're currently having at World Wildlife Fund um, is about what it means to be a sustainability leader in business. Uh. And that's something that I, right, I spend a lot of my work day thinking about. And so then I also spend some of my life day thinking about how that applies to me in life. And so some of the conversation that we're having on what it means to be a sustainability leader in business is that true leaders set goals that align with the scale of the problems that we need to solve. Mm. And they take responsibility for the impact that their business has on communities and on, on the planet. But they also go beyond focusing on who is to blame and who has responsibility for which pieces. And they focus on the solutions that we need as a global community and mm. how they can play a role in bringing stakeholders together and solving those issues whether that's their customers and their suppliers or their competitors and their regulators. Mm -hmm. True leaders really understand that regardless of short-term profitability incentives, incremental solutions focused on just their piece won't get us to the solutions that we need to ensure long-term viability of their markets and supply chains. Mm -hmm. uh, So their interests, much less the long-term viability of the planet. Wow. And we're focused on these huge goals at Mm -hmm. World Wildlife Fund. You know, together across the world, 
looking forward, we need water and food for 9 billion people. Mm -hmm. We need good quality and diversity of life and a stable climate. Mm -hmm. And in order to get there, we need to half the footprint of human production and consumption with zero loss of natural habitat that we need to protect the livelihoods Mm -hmm. and climate that we live in, as well as zero loss of species because Mm -hmm. we depend on rich biodiversity to maintain human and planetary health. So these are huge goals that no one person or organization can solve. Yeah. And so, you know, the only way we get there is through ambition, collaboration, and defining specific, tangible, and measurable ways that individuals and organizations can contribute. And so as I, you know, spend a lot of time thinking about this at work, uh, I think this also has powerful insights for how we approach challenges and show up in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. There is just so much incentive to focus on the busy activities that take us from one moment of the day to the next with barely enough time for sort of the vital mundane things like sleep and laundry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, from a life standpoint, I think this is especially true for those of us who dedicate the majority of our days to our jobs. Yeah. But I think where we can step back and say, what is important to me and what are the really big important things that I want to achieve in my life, sort of like those goals for the planet that I just set out, but more focused uh, at a life level. And not just how can I get there, Mm -hmm. but also how did those things connect to and depend on others, whether that's one person or a whole community. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, really thinking through, you know, okay, how do I bring my empathy and my optimism to achieving those goals together with others? What, What can I contribute And how can I potentially bring others to achieve something even bigger, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether those others are just one person like your spouse or a friend uh, or a broader set of stakeholders like your child's school's PTA or the city council? Yeah. I think in business, we're used to setting bold goals and targets and then defining plans with large teams to reach them. And in the nonprofit and NGO community, we have to set bold goals because the challenges we face are enormous. And then it's a matter of creating inspiration and building incentives for teams of people to support them. Mm-hmm. But it's harder in our lives to make room for bold goals beyond just getting the laundry done today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much less mobilizing a team to achieve them, right? I really do think that applying the same discipline of bold long-term goal setting and team building to our lives can be incredibly rewarding. I love everything about this, and I'm very, very quiet because you're, you're making me do a lot of thinking. <laughs> I want to reflect on a couple of things that you said. In some ways, what you're describing, I think, is very difficult because it requires you to have a long-term mindset where there isn't instant gratification always, and you're having to manage all the day-to-day distractions, as you mentioned. And then the second thing it makes me think of is this can at times, I'm sure, be exhausting for you to be so empathetic about all that's around you and so sensitive to all that's around you. How do you yourself recharge? Yeah, I think the reality of this is that none of us can focus on the sort of big, long-term, bold goals in our life Uh on a daily basis, every hour, every minute, Mm -hmm. right? I think the question is, how do we carve out time routinely If it's once a month, if it's once a quarter, Mm -hmm. if it's once a year to think about those things. And then how do we plan into the routine in our lives Mm -hmm. things that help achieve those those ends? 
because I, you know, the reality of my life and I think everyone's lives is that it's a question of, can I get to work on time? And Mm -hmm. can I get the basic sort of date? Can I get my grocery shopping? Uh (laughs) Like it's all those things that are going to be the day-to-day moments of our lives. Um, And so I think building in conscious time to think about these things and Mm -hmm. then build in things that that help move you in the direction you want to go has to be an intentional thing that you you yeah. carve out specific time for. Yeah. So a lot of people have a regular corporate job and they find these other things on the side to to spark their passions. But it sounds like your passions are your full-time job. So what do you do for fun? <laughs> um, I think that... It, that is where I, like I said, I'm lucky and that yeah, I really like my job. And so part of yeah. what I do for fun is my job. Yeah. I also am lucky that I have a fantastic community of friends and family. Mm-hmm. And my dog, Mischief, is here with me participating in this podcast today. She <laughs> she thinks that this whole conversation is all about her. I enjoy getting outside and spending time with people that I love and care about. Yeah. And learning and travel. Um I one of the I took my job at World Wildlife Fund about six months ago. Um, one of the things I love most about it at the moment is that I am learning a ton. Yeah, uh, I have been more of a generalist in my career to date, and mm-hmm. I am still a generalist at World Wildlife Fund. But I am learning a ton about conservation and climate change and things that I think are incredibly important to our future. Yeah, and I'm just eating that up. I'm really enjoying the learning component of it. Wow, we need a whole world of Sarahs. <laughs> I, I think there uh, there is a whole world out there of people who, who uh-huh. like learning in this same way and who learn in all sorts of fun and different ways. And that I feel lucky to have mm-hmm. had the opportunity to uh, to work with and know you as someone who also really enjoys learning. And I think specifically is good at learning from people mm-hmm. and sort of listening to people and learning from their insights and experiences. Do you have tips for listeners on? how we could start thinking differently as early as Monday? Potentially, it starts with both optimism mm-hmm. and empathy, but but maybe optimism first in the sense of mm-hmm. what is the thing that is most either bothering you or important to you? And it could be something that is small in your life personally, mm-hmm. uh, right? It doesn't have to relate to the broader full global community, or it could be a larger global community issue. And then I think visioning how you think it could be better Mm -hmm. and it could be different and is the start of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And just that visioning is is valuable. Right. And the next step, of course, is then, okay, what's, what's my contribution to this? Yeah. But I think it starts from a place of optimism and hope that something that is important to you and something that is upsetting or bothering to you could be different or better. Right. Yeah. So it's almost back to the whole concept of mindfulness and focus. Mm-hmm. Right. Is there any other advice that you have for a me sweet listener that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Yes, definitely. And so I would say, uh, find your version of wine night. Um, oh. And uh, I, I have this group of friends uh, from college who all live in the DC area. There are six women and among them, they have 13 children. And we get together weekly at someone's house for what we call 
wine night. Okay, this uh, is a uh, wine without an H, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's both, actually. It is oh, okay. wine without an H, and we invite all 13 children, and we don't tolerate any whining with an H. Nice. <laughs> um, okay. So the way that we do this is we take turns cooking or ordering in. Um, it is not about the food. We do this weekly, so it has to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we drink uh, lots of wine, no H. And the children run around, and they all really look forward to seeing their friends and their aunties. It's this weekly ritual. Because investing in the time shared with friends fills Mm. us up a little bit for the week in such a really good way. And I think it is hard in the busyness of life to invest in friendships and relationships like that as a habit and a ritual. Yeah. I think about this sort of the same way that my doctor recommends that I invest in an exercise routine or a financial planner recommends that we invest in our retirement savings, Mm -hmm. right? A little bit at a time every day or every week uh, as a as a habit mm-hmm. and in a way that makes you stronger and is always there when you need it. Either way, find your version of wine night. I have found that regularly investing in relationships in my life gives me strength and energy in all sorts of good ways. That's wonderful. Always wise and inspirational, Sarah. I really appreciate <laughs> you sharing sharing your experiences and your thoughtfulness with the listeners. And I think I'm going to get some really fun feedback on your episode. Thank you for taking the time. This has been really fun. Thank you for the the thoughtful and energizing questions. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's the dash me-suite.com. Sweet like executive suite. That's the-me-suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded.